0: chapter nine of aunt jane's nieces out west by earl frank Baum. this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by lynn thompson chapter nine dr patsy next morning uncle john and the weldons including the precious baby went for a ride into the mountains while beth and patsy took their embroidery into a sunny corner of the hotel lobby It was nearly ten o'clock when A. Jones discovered the two girls and came tottering toward them. Tottering is the right word. He fairly swayed as he made his way to the secluded corner. I wish he'd use a cane, muttered Beth in an undertone. I have the feeling that he's liable to bump his nose any minute. Patsy drew up a chair for him, although he endeavoured to prevent her. Are you feeling better this morning? she inquired i i think so he answered doubtfully i don't seem to get back my strength you see were you stronger before your accident asked beth yes indeed i went swimming you remember but perhaps i was not strong enough to do that i'm i'm very careful of myself yet i seem to grow weaker all the time there was a brief silence during which the girls plied their needles are you going to stay in this hotel demanded patsy in her blunt way for a time i think it is very pleasant here he said have you had breakfast i took a food tablet at daybreak huh! a scornful exclamation then she glanced at the open door of the dining hall and laying aside her work she rose with a determined air and said come with me where for answer she assisted him to rise Then she took his hand and marched him across the lobby to the dining-room. He seemed astonished at this proceeding, but made no resistance. Seated at a small table, she called a waitress and said, "'Bring a cup of chocolate, a soft boiled egg, and some toast.' "'Pardon me, Miss Doyle,' he said. "'I thought you had breakfasted.' "'So I have,' she replied. "'The breakfast I've ordered is for you.' And you're going to eat it, if I have to ram it down your throat. But, Miss Doyle! You've told us you are doomed. Well, you are going to die with a full stomach. But the doctor! Bother the doctor! I'm your doctor now, and I won't send in a bill, thanks your stars. He looked at her with his sad little smile. Isn't this a rather high-handed proceeding, Miss Doyle? Perhaps— I haven't employed you as my physician, you know. True, but you've deliberately put yourself in my power. How? In the first place, you tagged us here to this hotel. You don't mind, do you? Not in the least. It's a public hostelry. In the second place, you confided to us your disease and your treatment of it, which was really none of our business. I, I was wrong to do that, but you led me on and i'm so lonely and you all seem so generous and sympathetic that i i that you unwittingly posted us concerning your real trouble do you realize what it is you're a hypo hypo oh what do they call it hypochondriac i am not and your doctor your famous specialist is a fool oh miss doyle also you are a a chump to follow his fool advice. You don't need sympathy, Mr. A. Jones. What you need is a slapstick. A, uh, a, uh, a slapstick. And that's what you're going to get if you don't obey orders. Here the maid set down the breakfast, ranging the dishes invitingly before the invalid. His face had expressed all the emotions from amazement to terror during Patsy's tirade, and now he gazed from her firm, determined features to the eggs and toast in an uncertain helpless way that caused the girl a severe effort to curb a burst of laughter Now then she said get busy I'll fix your egg Do you want more sugar in your chocolate taste it and see and if you don't butter that toast before it gets cold it won't be fit to eat He looked at her steadily now again smiling you're not joking miss Doyle. I'm in dead earnest of course you realize this is the the end of your foolishness i hope so you used to eat like a sensible boy didn't you when i was well you're well now your only need is sustaining strengthening food i came near ordering you a beefsteak but i'll reserve that for lunch he sipped the chocolate yes it needs more sugar he said quietly will you please butter my toast it seems to me such a breakfast is worth months of suffering how delicious this egg is it was the fragrance of the egg and toast that conquered me that and and one sensible determined girl don't look at me as if i were a murderess i'm your best friend a friend in need and don't choke down your food eat slowly fletch your eyes chew your food you know i know you're nearly famished but you must gradually accustom yourself to a proper diet he obeyed meekly patsy's face was calm but her heart beat fast with a thrill of fear she could not repress acting on impulse as she had the girl now began to consider that she was personally responsible for whatever result might follow this radical treatment for dyspepsia had she been positive it was dyspepsia She would never have dared interfere with a doctor's orders But she felt that the boy needed food and would die unless he had it He might die from the effect of this unusual repast in which case she would never forgive herself Meantime the boy had cast aside all fear he had protested indeed But his protests being overruled he accepted his food and its possible consequences with philosophic resignation And a growing satisfaction. Patsy balked on the third slice of toast and took it away from him. She also denied him a second cup of chocolate. He leaned back in his chair with a sigh of content and said, Bless the hen that laid that egg. No dainty was ever more delicious. And now, he added, rising, let us go and inquire the address of a good undertaker. I have made my will, and I'd like to be cremated it's so much nicer than the old-fashioned burial don't you think i'll attend to all that if you wish she replied trying to repress a shudder as she followed him from the room do you smoke i used to but the doctor forbade it so i gave it up entirely go over to that stand and buy a cigar then you may sit beside beth and me and smoke it the girl did not wholly approve of smoking and had often chided Uncle John and her father and Arthur Weldon for indulging in the habit. But this advice to young Jones was given in desperation, because all the men of her family stoutly affirmed that a cigar after a meal assisted digestion. She resumed her former seat beside Beth, and her cousin quickly read the anxiety on her face. "'What did you do, Patricia?' I fed him. "'Did he really eat?' like a starved cat hmm said Beth what next I wonder Patsy wondered too the cold shivers chasing one another up and down her back the boy was coming toward them coolly puffing a cigar he did not seem to totter quite so much as before but he was glad to sink into an easy chair how do you feel asked Beth regarding him curiously "'like one of those criminals who are pampered with all the good things of life "'before being led to the scaffold.' "'Any pains?' "'He shook his head. "'Not yet. "'I've asked the clerk, whenever I signal him, "'to send someone to carry me to my room. "'If I'm not able to say good-bye to you, "'please accept now my thanks for all your kindness to a stranger. "'You see, I'm not sure whether I'll have a sudden seizure, "'or the pains will come on gradually.' "'What pains?' Demanded patsy. I can't explain them Don't you believe something is bound to happen he inquired nervously removing the ash from his cigar To be sure you're going to get well He made no reply but sat watching Beth's nimble fingers Patsy was too excited to resume her embroidery I Wonder if you are old enough to smoke remarked Beth. I'm over 21 indeed we decided you were about eighteen i suppose i look younger than my age at home in sangoa i am still regarded as a mere child that is because i had no brothers and sisters and my father never could realize that i was growing up the people still call me he paused in an embarrassed way till patsy asked call you what by my old childish name Both the girls were distinctly disappointed. But bluff Patsy Doyle would not be denied the satisfaction of her curiosity. Within the last hour, she had felt as if she had adopted this friendless boy, and some information concerning him was her due. Your name is A. Jones, she said. Yes. What does the A stand for? There, the question was out at last. He hesitated, flushing red. Then he replied slowly It stands for one of my father's peculiarities I think I have told you how proud he was that we are direct descendants of John Paul Jones John Paul he would often say has ennobled the name of Jones so that to be a Jones Is to bear the proudest name known to mankind When I was born they were undecided what to name me there is no hurry about it said my father whatever we call him he is a Jones my mother must have been something of a humorist she kept referring to her baby as a Jones until father caught the absurd idea of letting it go at that and had me christened merely a Jones how delightful cried Patsy clapping her hands gleefully then a doesn't stand for anything at all Oh, yes, it stands for a Jones, said the boy, making a wry face. I think it is dreadful. But what did they call you afterward? What was the childish name you referred to? Another of my mother's humorous fancies. She called me Ajo, and others quickly caught up the horrid nickname. It's merely a contraction of A. Jones, and in Sangoa I am called nothing else ajo repeated beth her sweet voice giving the title a pleasant sound in spanish it would be pronounced ajo but we are not spanish in sangoa what are your people formerly all americans the younger generation are like myself i suppose sangoans by birth but there isn't a black or yellow or brown man on our island how many inhabitants has sangoa about six hundred all told there was silence for a while any pains yet inquired beth not yet but i'm feeling drowsy with your permission i'll lie down and take a nap i slept very little last night he threw away his cigar which he had smoked nearly to the end and rising without assistance bowed and walked away will he ever waken i wonder said beth softly course declared patsy he has crossed the rubicon and is going to get well i feel it in my bones let us hope responded beth that ajo also feels it in his bones rather than in his stomach chapter nine